if we could just see a little bit of God, that would change our whole perspective. And I think that is seen most in Exodus chapter 34. In fact, if we could see just a little bit of God, we'd die. Yeah, and it's interesting <laughs> because it's the people are just going to see a reflection of what Moses saw because of what it left on his face. So yeah, yeah. it's quite fascinating. It freaks them out. Let's get into this. Uh, you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And I'll we're in Exodus 34. Yeah, and if you didn't read, uh, if you didn't read yesterday or the day before, you almost yeah. should go back and do that because it's pivotal and it's foundational for what we're going to be looking at today. It's when we have the golden calf and uh, Moses smashing the Ten Commandments. Have, now he's having to receive them again. That's right. And so we're, we're in chapter 34. Junior, you want to? Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first one. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready. You know, he smashed those because he came down. He saw so angry. Yeah, yeah he saw yeah. people worshiping a golden calf. Be well, ready in the morning to climb up to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on top of the mountain. It's interesting. Anytime God wants to meet with you, it's all uh, it's going to be in difficulty. It's going to be out of your comfort zone. I think way too many people are sitting on their couch complaining they never see God and God just saying, because you got to get off the couch. You got to hmm. embrace the discomfort because that's where you're going to find me. Verse three, no one else may come with you. In fact, no one else is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks of the herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled, chilled. So Moses chiseled out of two tablets of stone, like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hand. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. He said, O Lord, if this is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord and the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive you out of the drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do not, now let's remember that because we, we might see that happen mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars and smash their sacred pillars and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods for the Lord whose very name is Jealous. It's Jealous with a capital J. Is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You want to take it from there? Yeah, I think we sometimes confuse jealousy and envy. Usually when we talk about, well, you're just jealous, what we actually mean by that is you're envious. People use those words interchangeably, and they they really shouldn't. Jealousy is not necessarily a bad thing. Jealousy is desiring something that is rightfully yours, that you are jealous of something that belongs to you. And this is what God is saying here, that there probably are some times when it's proper for a husband to be jealous of his wife or a wife to be jealous of her husband if 
if um, there's some going astray and then it would be proper for that jealousy to take place. So we think of jealousy as automatically being bad. No, no, here God is saying, no, I, you belong rightfully to me and I, I am jealous if you were to go astray and to go after other false gods. All right, so um, we we're at verse 18. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. The bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. So that, that was the whole Passover remembrance. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or a young goat in his place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son as in child. You're not going to break the necks of your children. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week of, of your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season, which was a remembrance that the harvest, the produce that we can make that comes from the land, actually comes from God, that God's the one that's providing us. And so that's why they had the first harvest and the final harvest. Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord your God three times a year. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast. Because again, the yeast was symbolic of sin and the way it worked, moves through a, a loaf very quickly and, and uh, affects the entire loaf. And none of the meat of the Passover sacrifice may be kept over until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk, which we, that was that actually again, something yeah. we saw earlier, yeah. And um, verse 27, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. In all that time, he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. And I'm sure that would have been a pretty scary thing. Yeah. Because he, he looked different now. It was, it was like it was glowing. But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of a meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him. And the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. It says some New Testament ramifications it too. Does. Paul we, talks we, about yeah, this. Yeah, we went through Corinthians and yeah. uh, he used this as a very interesting illustration. So, yeah. um, And so much of the Old Testament, even though sometimes it's harder reading, man, it, it winds up serving as, you don't really understand the New Testament if you don't understand the Old Testament. Right. And then the New Testament sheds great light on uh, 
on the Old Testament and being able to fully understand yeah. the Old Testament. But Moses Moses was changed. The people could tell Moses was different because he encountered God. Yeah. And we can apply that in our own lives in the sense of people should be able to notice a difference in you because you've encountered God. Now, no, of course, your face isn't going to mm-hmm. shine, but your light is going to shine. Yeah. You are going to be this beacon of light and this beacon of hope in a very dark world. And so in a way... Uh, we are like Moses because we've encountered the living God. And they ought to are, be able to see it in our yeah, countenance. We'll never be the same. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get over to Proverbs. And uh, we are in Proverbs 13. And verse 3 is the verse I want to pick out again. I got so many marked in the, some of these chapters. I marked them ahead of time, you know, what we're going to talk about. But so many that are marked. It's such a great chapter. But verse verse three is a good one. This is a good one for me. And I remember memorizing this when I was a young Christian because I had such trouble with it. It says, verse three, those who control their tongue will have a long life. A quick retort can ruin everything. That quick retort, man, that's a temptation. That's just so just easy. Just say whatever to, makes you feel better in yeah, the moment. Yeah, just and, in a moment, just yeah. say something back. Get them back right away. Yeah, yeah. Burn, you know, tss. And like, like that's a great thing to be able to do to get somebody back with a burn. It's not. Yeah, he's saying no. And in fact, you control your tongue. And that's why James talked about this as the the tongue being a fire that it can produce a lot of good as a fire can, but it can also produce a lot of evil and yeah. burn things down. I know a lot of people have burned their lives down because they couldn't control their tongue. Right. Work on it today. This would be a great thing to really focus on. This is Monday. You know, today's first day of this week. Work on your tongue today. Make the most of every speaking opportunity, speaking life into people and holding back from saying the things that are going to get you into trouble. Right. All right. Well, today, November 13th, it is, well, it's a couple that, you know, a couple of things like World Kindness Day, but that should be every day. So World what? Kindness okay. Day. So it should be every day. Uh, Odd Socks Day. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. So here's a here's a here's a challenge. Put on yeah. some odd socks today. Take a picture. Yeah. Post it. And you'd be like, I bet you didn't know it was odd socks. Today. There you go. You know. You bet. You do that. And uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of. You know, know, I can tell a quick you, retort. I know. I, I can tell you're trying to like respond without being like, this is just dumb. Yeah. Junior. That's exactly what's going through your mind. But you're controlling yeah, your tongue. Well, I may just wear <laughs> shoes without socks. Okay. That's me almost every day. All right. Have a good day. God and bless. We'll see you tomorrow.